Okay. All right, so here, here we are. Jairus clung to Jesus even though he heard bad news. Jesus saw what was headed Jairus' way. Those words came for impact. Those words came to discourage him. That circumstances came to dwindle his faith. But Jesus told Jairus, Jairus, listen, don't let that word find residence inside of your heart. Don't let it find residence inside of your heart. Let it, let what I'm telling you be embedded in your spirit. You follow what I'm telling you, Jairus. Jairus, you know, you came to me and you know what I can do. Don't let what you just heard get your ears, your heart, and your faith off of what you came to receive from me. This is an attitude of steadfastness. Jesus saw it coming. Now, this is what I wanted to say about Mark chapter five. And I love the way Mark gives the, 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 uh, the story, the sequence, how it happens. Now, after they told Jairus that his daughter was dead and he goes back home, it takes more faith to go back home to a dead situation than it does to go back home to a dying situation. Now think about that. Every step he's taking is a step of faith because his daughter is now dead. When he came to Jesus, she was dying. Now she comes back home, she is dead. So every step is a step of faith. And here you all are where battles are won and lost. They are won and lost in the area of what I call the changing landscapes of life. When the scenery changes, when it goes from sunny to cloudy to dark to rainy, to cold. These pictures, these landscapes, these seasons have no bearing on who God is, but they are distractions to get our eyes off of who he is and onto the circumstances. Because if the sun is not shining in your life, you can be assured it is shining somewhere. It is shining somewhere. I have been on airplanes where it is raining and when you take off, after a while, the more higher you go up, the more higher you go. And before you know it, you're above the rain, above the clouds and the sun is shining. Even though it may not be shining in your local city where you left or where that was, it is shining because it's above the clouds. And that's where we're called to live, above life's circumstances. And these things happen as a result of walking with God, learning him, stack, stacking up testimonies, remembering 
God was with me in this situation that I thought was hopeless. He was with me in this situation that I thought was helpless and he brought me through. Beloved friends, we are here today as a result of God's goodness. Mark and I was having this conversation before the call uh, today and it was just so strengthening, so strengthening and such a blessing uh, to my heart. And he, we, he was telling me about the things that he has going on in his life, but he kept referring back to the goodness of God. This is undeniable. God's goodness, his faithfulness, his commitment to us. Uh, these are things you all that we must practice. We must practice gratitude. We must practice the goodness of God. We must practice being reminded of God's goodness. And so when this message had come from Jairus's house, leave Jesus alone. Don't worry about it. You know, your daughter's died. You, 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 you messed, you know, it's over. It's over. You didn't get to her in time. Jesus began to address Jairus. And he addressed the condition of his heart. Because listen, watch this now, watch this. Words were coming to seize his heart with the bad news from his house, your daughter's dying. So Jesus comes and gives a word to give him consolation and cause his faith to be stirred. Words coming from two different sources. One is coming from Jairus' house, and one is coming from the resurrection himself. One is coming from Jairus' house, and the other is coming from the resurrection himself. In John chapter 11, there was another situation of death. And the Lord talks to, talks to Mary, the sisters who had lost their brother. They were grief-stricken. And they were upset with Jesus because, and it was all about timing, right? Timing in Jairus' uh, situation, what happened? He got to Jesus in time, but his situation got worse and his daughter died, even though he got to Jesus in time. What is the next, what is the, the next situation? John chapter 11, they got to Jesus in time. They said, um, they said, um, they said, Jesus, come, your uh, friend is sick. Lazarus, he's sick. Come on and, and see about him. Um, and, and maybe you can heal him. Well, time went on and what happened? Jesus waited a few days. It's amazing. Jesus waited a few days. He didn't rush. It's very interesting. We can learn a lot from Jesus, not only by what he does, but what he doesn't do. We can learn a lot from Jesus by how he moves and what he is moved by. His urgency is not by the emergency. His urgency is not by the emergency. His urgency is by hearing his father, what his father says. And his father told him, son, this sickness is not unto death, but to glorify God. All right. So that was, that was it. That was it right there. God gave Jesus the answer to Jairus' uh, daughter's situation. 
And it also gave the answer to uh, Mary and Martha's situation about their brother Lazarus, see? So the Lord knows the outcome. The Lord knows the outcome, you all. He knows, we may not know, but he knows. We may not see it, but he sees it. We may not capture it, but he is at the very end of everything and he knows how it's gonna work out. So these faith challenges are calling us to be steadfast, okay? They're calling us to be steadfast. Now, we must, we must look at this. What, is it, what does the scripture say here? He will not be afraid of evil tidings. That's Psalm 112 and seven. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. He will not be afraid of bad news. His heart is fixed trusting in the Lord. I'm going back to that scripture again. The established heart. The established heart being established in God, in his word. That comes as a result of trusting when we're afraid, trusting when it's not clear, trusting when it's not easy and saying, Lord, I'm going to stick with you. I'm going to stick with you. Well, okay. All right. Yes. We'll take a question. Uh, who is it? Who is it? Claudia? Claudia, please, your question. Welcome. Claudia, are you there? Uh, what was the phrase you said about the emergency? Oh. The urgency? Oh, yes. Yes. Jesus' urgency was not moved by the emergency. His urgency was not moved by the emergency. Yeah. He was moved by what his father said. He was moved in the timing of God because people, okay, give you an example. I'll give you another example. Remember when um, they were sleep, Jesus was sleep on the boat and his disciples, they were waking him up. They had an emergency, but Jesus was sleeping. He was sleeping. They had an emergency, but he was not moved because remember, and, and this is so key. Ooh, this is so key. This is so key. Jesus knew who he was, whether on land or on sea. He knew who he was. And that's the thing. We have to know who we are going in. We've got to know who we are going in. We have to remember who we are, whose we are. We have to remember that going in. What, do we, what must we remember? We must remember that we are overcomers. I was telling you all about the landscape of life. It happens to all of us. When the landscape of life changes, we start to say, God, where's God, where's God? He's the same place he was when the sun was shining, right there with us. He's the same place where, where he was in the difficult times, right? So we can take courage even through the landscapes of life. We're the ones that have the urgency right? We're the ones that had the emergency, all right? But Jesus was not moved by that. I'll give you another example about Jesus. Matt, uh, Mark chapter one, Mark chapter one. 
Mark's like one of my favorite writers. I, I like his. He moves, his book moves very fast. He was a young man who moves very fast. And you read the book of Mark and you always see, and immediately, 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 immediately. You always read about immediately with Mark because there's a lot of fast movement with him as a young man, as a young writer capturing Jesus's life. In Mark chapter one, Mark chapter one, Peter is looking for Jesus. Jesus had gotten up early that morning, got his word from the father and knew what his time was, what he was to do. Peter comes to him and say, Jesus, everybody's looking for you. I have a crowd over here. And he tells Peter, he said, Peter, I have to go to the next towns because that's where I'm sent. My father is sending me to the next town. So if you have a revival over there, you want to start, you can go and preach that. But I'm not moved by the crowd. I'm moved by what my father tells me. I have to go where he tells me to go. Oh, man, what a great, great position of discipline. Discipline. I mean, Jesus could have, you know, went over there and talked to the crowd. But the question is, is it authorized? Not if I'm an adult enough to do it. Is it authorized by God? Right? I want to do the things that are authorized by him because that's where his grace is. That's where his mercy is. That's where his protection is. In, inside of authorized activities. Oh boy, I feel so good right now. I feel the presence of God right now. This is how we get steadfast. Brenda, did you have something? No, I just want to say Jesus was submitted to his father's word. He was. He was. Jesus was submitted to his father's word. And he took it seriously. This just ain't my dad talking. This is God talking. <laughs> this is God talking, right? <laughs> so we have, to, we have to really, really consider. We have to consider these things, you all. And we're talking, about, we're talking about steadfastness. We're talking about steadfastness. And this is developed over time. This is developed over time. You know, this doesn't happen right away. All right. We have to have a walk and a journey with God. Now, God can catapult us at certain variables and intervals and things like that. That can happen. But for the most part, God wants, I love Mark's statement, Mark Ekbeko's statement. We have to slow down to the speed of God. God is not in a rush because he's not racing against the clock because he lives in eternity. God's not racing against the clock. That's why Jesus wasn't in a hurry to go and raise Lazarus, right? Because he's not moved by the clock. He's moved by his father's word. He's moved by the timing of God, slowing down to the speed of God, slowing down to the speed of God. I love that. That's a discipline. That's a discipline. Slowing down to the speed of God. So, because here's the thing. I don't want to come across like I can live apart from God, like I can do anything without him. That scripture declares, remember, the scripture declares, Jesus says this, without me, you can do nothing. We read it in John 15 tonight. It was one of our opening statements. Without me, you can do nothing. And you break down nothing, no thing. Without you, Without me, you can do no thing. Even the slightest thing, it takes the grace of God, the strength of God, the ability of God, even our breathing in and breathing out, just the rhythm of that breathing in and breathing out, 
Think about that. God allows us to be able to inhale and exhale. And we do it so reflexively, we don't think about it until there's a blockage. And if there's a blockage, then, you know, there's a problem because the, the airflow has, has stopped. Okay, so let's remember that God is not moved by the urgency. Our emergency doesn't constitute his urgency. Right? He does things based on his will, based on his timing, based on his purpose. All right? I could be praying for good weather that it does not rain because I want to have uh, an outdoor family gathering. Okay? I want to have an outdoor family gathering. But the, the farmer next to me is praying for rain because he has crops that he needs and, and is his livelihood is depending on that. My prayer is a selfish prayer. Not that it's a bad prayer, but I want to have good weather for a family reunion. It's not bad, but the farmer has a need that is attached to not only his family, other families. So God looks at both of our requests differently. He looks at it differently, okay? And there is an overarching will that he has. What is God's will? What is his purpose? What is his objective? What is he after, okay? All right, so that's trusting God, trusting God. I wanna pause here to see if we have any uh, other questions. Thank you for the question, Claudia. Hope we answered it. Um, is anyone else with a question or a comment? I'm gonna pause here for that. We're talking about steadfastness. We're talking about steadfastness. We, um, we looked at certain things about abiding in Christ, John 15, four through seven. Uh, we talked about submission to God. We talked about submission to one another. We talked about submission to the elders. And then we looked at trusting God, trusting God. Any questions or comments? Just taking a little break here so we can uh, hear from you and see what your comments are about these things here. Because listen, there are things that are gonna hit the earth, the world. And you and I must be prepared for what is coming. Now, here's the thing that we have to, to, to remember. We are not of the world. We're not of the world. We're not of this world system. We live in this world system, but we're not of this world system. All right, in the kingdom of God, we are living in a zone that is different than the world around us. So when we get bad reports, over the news and things that are projected to come and economy, all these kind of things. If we hear that news as though we're a part of this world system, it will affect how we respond. But if we hear it, understand that we're not citizens of this world, but we're citizens of the kingdom of God, that God will take care of his own whether we're here on the earth 
or wherever it is, he will take care of his own. And he knows the difference between his people and the world. So it's very important that we, we remain cognizant and aware that we are not going to be judged with the world. As First uh, Corinthians 11 tells us, if we judge ourselves, if we you know, judge ourselves, we won't be condemned with the world if we judge ourselves, okay? So we want to always keep the light of God's word on our hearts, on our motives, and all of these kind of things, because they do affect our steadfastness, and they do affect our freedom in God. All right, I want to hear from you. Comments or questions about this, these things that we, we're discussing here right now, talking about steadfastness. This is one of the reasons why I want to build these things up, because when Mark talks about things like the ecclesia, and when there are messages that come forth, we need to know that we have to be a certain type of people to engage with these things. And if we're not steadfast, we can't build steadfast. Oh, I see your, I see your hand, Mark. I see you there. Your mic is open. Go ahead, Mark. Mark, are you there? Yes, go ahead. Okay, all right, okay. Um, this is just so good. The first thing I want to say, I think there were about three, about three or four things on my mind. The first thing is a song just uh, pops up that says, what, what a friend we have in Jesus. Um, it says, what, what peace we often forfeit. Yes, all yes. Because we do not carry everything to him in prayer. Um, I remember uh, 2018, 2019, when we had um, advanced kingdom conversation, I mean, talking about in-person meeting. Um, I tell you, the, the, the rent for each day, plus all other expenses could be about $500 for each day's meeting. We are doing three days. And um, um, several things will happen, but let me just say this aspect. The last day, we are, we, we are about ending this meeting and the money to, to pay for the last day of, for, the, for, for, the, for the venue wasn't available. And one of the team members looked at me and was like, have we sorted everything? I, I'm like, no. So how are we going to do it? He started panicking. You can see the fright all written across his face. Some way, somehow, I was very calm. I, I don't know, but I had this assurance that if God was truly involved, he was going to see me through. And truly, several things will happen, and we will call them miracles. I'm saying this to, uh, first of all, talk about the last about that one of the points you made just uh, the last few comments and it has to do with the persuasion of the kingdom inside the kingdom we are not persuaded by need we are not persuaded by pressure we are not persuaded by what is trending the in thing we are not persuaded by what is prevalent, what is pervaded, what is rife. Inside the kingdom, the persuasion 
is by God's need and God's voice only. You know, in Ghana, some time ago, those those listening um, who are from Ghana may, may bear witness to it. Um, you, you could hear believers talking about the God of emergency. And I kept wondering, where did this God arrive from? This continued for years. And people would say, we're going to church to do direction. And uh, they said, pick, um, pick a $20, $10, $10 and $50 and $100 and, and come and sow an emergency seed. I'm like, this God is never late. This God knows what he's about. This God has his all his timing right and he's in charge and he's in control. So we fell into this kind of deception of, of labeling this God as a God who is very late and is just jumping into the situation to save it quickly. And that was wrong. That was religion because a people have not been taught right. And some people actually lived off that. They made money off that because, um, you see, sometimes God moves to resolve people's needs and problems, even though we may be off, not because of you, the man of God, and even the seed that you'd have sown as a person, but because of his own benevolence and goodness. He knows that if he does not step in with all of your God of emergency seed and everything, you will still self-destruct. And so he would have to step in. And so we get deceived thinking, okay, it's because we did this God of emergency thing. And so he stepped in. Truth be told, God is moved. The kingdom, sorry, the kingdom is moved not by need, not by persuasions and pressures. Moses succumbed to pressure. And the Bible said, the Lord said, Moses, go to Mount Nebo and die. That is a very powerful statement that amazes me. Go to Mount Nebo and die. For you and Aaron, you, you dishonored me before the people. Pressure of the people. Pressure of the people. So we want to be a people that I want to be. Let me speak for me. I want to be somebody who, whose heart beat is in time with his. Who will step wherever he steps. And that is where life is. So there could be the storms and there could be the turbulence. There could be the waves casting themselves and billowing over you. You just know for sure that God is in the midst of it. This thing is just a passing storm and, and you're not going to lose your shirt. You, you're going to start this business and you don't lose your shirt. You, you're going to go through this fire and your hair will not be singed. You, there will not be a smell of smoke on you. Um, um, the confidence in what I call baptized in the father's confidence, the confidence of the father, of the fact that he has counted a hair that is on my head and he holds everything together and truly sure as I walk with him faithfully and I yield to him, I know he's never late and he's not going to fail. He will bring me through. He will bring me through as I I am committed and devoted and dedicated to him. That is the first thing, Kelvin, um, uh, comment on to me. The second thing quickly is um, the issue of submission. And you spoke about it in, in two facets, submitted to God and submitted to one another. Um, 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 and it boils down, submission to God boils down to the fact that we abdicate our right. I think some time ago I wrote something. I said that people who are truly free are a people who have sold their freedom and have been captured 
by Christ and are told what to do and where to go. Those are people that are truly free. They've sold their freedom and so they have gained freedom. And submission to one another, um, we need to emphasize the purity, the, the guardrails and the purity in, in this that uh, uh, can my brother, can my sister trust me as, as I submit to him, as I open up myself? I think it was about Paul talking about Timothy, that level of trust. Just imagine Timothy at the age Paul picked up Timothy and how to circumcise Timothy in his 17s or something. And this guy can trust Paul enough and expose all of, all of everything to him. And Paul can do the circumcision and he trusts Paul enough that he will not take off something and destroy his life. That thing, submission to one another, is so powerful. And I, I, I want to believe God that he will give me grace. He will give you grace. I'm talking about all of us, that we will be able to walk in this place. Because when we read certain factors in certain things in the spirit, for example, two of them, it says that, it says that for we have crossed over from death to life because we love the saints. That dynamics is so powerful that even death cannot penetrate. Even death cannot persuade. That if we can walk in that level of purity and trust, uh, submitting to one another, he says, and the people that fear the name of the Lord spoke with one another. That submission to one another, that thing is so powerful that it lifts up a standard against the, 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 the search of the enemy against us and attracts God when we are not even saying, God, come and do this. He come to do awesome things when we are not looking. May God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, Mark. Um... I wanted to ask you one question before you go. Um, how does, and this is for all of us, how would you answer this question? How does what God did for you previously inform your faith for today's challenges? How do you carry those over? How do you, how do you parlay those into your present challenges, the things that God has done? What do you say to yourself? What do you, how can you bring that faith over to be just as resilient and just as strong as knowing what God had done for you? Any thoughts on that? Kevin, um, just one, two quick comments. For me, um, I don't know how I came into the discovery, but I believe God wanted me to know this and trust him. So the first thing is every single miracle, um, what I call the eternal unbroken continuum. Let me put it, the eternal unbroken continuum. So every single miracle, every single opportunity, encounter, visions, supernatural experiences, low moments, up moments, all of those things put together, they are a statement, one, they are a statement into many things that God wants to bring us into. So Paul says that one thing I do, forgetting the past. So I forget the discouragements of the past. I forget the pain of the past. I learn the lessons from them, the mistakes of the past. I learn the lessons from them. I am encouraged and excited about the successes, but I make sure I'm not held down and I'm pressing onto the next level because it's an entrance into many things he wants to say. 
that is the nature of his doing. Secondly, we see that that um, 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 whatever encounter God would have brought us through, that encounter has a linkage to something that began way back in eternity before I came on the scene. So my life is so powerfully intertwined with that of Abraham, who is gone and he is waiting. My life is so important to David, Daniel, that they cannot step into their reality without me. So when um, I would have come into one moment of discouragement, low moment, and the Lord would have lifted me up and delivered me, I begin to dot the instructions that are found in that experience. I begin to look for that revelation of Christ in that experience, in that it prepares me for tomorrow and the greater battles that are ahead of me. So when God does something, it's an entrance into many things that you and I are coming into. And it's important that even though we could, we may not be able to see, even though we may not be able to see in this present circumstances, the things that are pulling, pulling left, right, center, our hearts can be steadfast and rest assured that God is in the midst of it all and is going to turn out for good. So when we would have come to that level of place of confidence assurance, there are things that do not move us anymore. I give you a quick, a quick, a quick example. I got a call from a young man um, who, who, was, who, who was introduced to me by my wife's junior brother. And he got into relationship. And every now and then he gets into trouble and he calls me. Sometimes he flies into Sweden and he's in trouble. He calls. And how do we do this? Then quite recently, some few months, about two months back, he called about 11 p.m. and said, there's trouble. I've been accused in the office. And A, B, C, D, that, that. And I went simply and I said, you know what? This matter is dead on arrival. Please go to bed. Relax. Live your life. And he was like, I'm, I'm like, no, as you were speaking, I'm just at peace. And I hear the father's voice in my heart, not visions, that this case is dead on arrival. And Kelvin and everybody just guess what? As the days will pass by, the storms began to rise in the office. The panic levels, panic buttons are now, are now pushed. He has to respond to emails. And I, and I tell him again, I said, this matter is dead on arrival. All of these emails will fly around, but this thing is dead. This is the way to respond to this. And we kept, we kept drafting notes and responding and responding. And it just became stupid. It's stuck, it's hanging, it's, it's moving nowhere. So we need to hear, and the point is that this young man have been in other troubles and this same God that we are discussing have come true for him. There is a statement in the very first circumstance and encounter experience that is God wanted to say many things or wanted to bring us into many things in one very first single experience. So our hearts can be assured and we can be baptized in the Father's confidence. That will be me my thoughts maybe somebody has something else to 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 share on this it's beautiful 
That's beautiful. You know, not only did you describe that, Mark, there's a conviction and a real embedded belief that comes across, not just, we're not just talking about talking loud, but that these statements, these things are born out of a conviction. And that's what I want each of us to hear and to see about ourselves, that we, that we have to find something about God that we are convinced of, that no weapon, no threat can move or shake, okay? And, and we have to really dig our heels in and say, listen, I am not moving. I am not moving. I am waiting on my God. I know what he told me. I know what he said in his word. I am standing on it. When you look foolish to everyone else, you're standing on it. When it seems like it's not going to work, you're standing on it. And that is the place where we have to get where we are. What the scripture says about Abraham, he was fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. No room for anything else. No room for anything else. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Anyone else with any comments regarding this or what, we, what we've been talking Kevin, about? Yes, Mark, please. Sorry, sorry, permit me to jump in again. Um, I just want to say another thing about this issue of persuasion. Um, you, you said it and it hits me because, uh, look, life can be challenging for all of us, we can be in one thing or the other and be wondering. In fact, life is almost like you are, you, you are getting out of one trouble and jumping into another. When you think you are being free, another meets you. And that has been this life. And therefore, personal conviction, persuasion of all of whom God is and what he can ever do or has ever done is important. In, in, in the case of Pinky, um, Kirian, our little daughter, several things will happen before she was born. And friends, do you know something? When she was born, um, at one moment, uh, I've forgotten the term the doctors use. She, oh, come on. It's almost like, becoming unconscious, she goes off and she was in the incubator. Why? Because um, the breast milk wasn't flowing. Listen to this carefully. The breast milk wasn't flowing at all. And Gilda was crying. She was just, she just was sitting and be crying. I remember very well. Ah, I've forgotten the term the doctors use. Almost like near death, you know, the baby becoming blue, that kind of thing. No breast milk. So we started praying. Myself, I, I was in the office in Tema, myself and one gentleman who was with me. We just, I said, let's pray in the spirit about this matter because honestly, he is God who has brought her, but what happens next? We don't know. So, and we don't know what to pray. And there was no scripture to pray for breast milk to flow. So we started praying. We prayed in the spirit. We just prayed. We just prayed and prayed for about two hours. Praying in the spirit. Mando, zebra, dike, take it, bada. We just prayed. 
while we were praying, then this scripture in Isaiah 44 dropped. It dropped so deep into my heart. And it was, I will pour water on him who is thirsty and flood waters on dry ground. I'm like, God, this is it. And I started screaming it after two hours of praying in tongues. I will pour water and days and flood waters on dry ground. Oh God, let the breast milk flow. Do you know after about three or four hours of prayer, when I went back to the hospital to check, Gilda's breast milk began to flow. But there was a persuasion. And this persuasion was on the fact that several things would have happened before she was delivered and she was born six months, two weeks. That miracle is something I latched on. There are several stories we can, we can talk about this, but just this little piece. We need a persuasion. What is that thing God ever said to you that moved you? What is that first or last encounter or middle encounter that you have ever had that blew you away? Why would God say, write them on the, on the doorpost, hang them on your wrist, discuss them, talk about them when you lie down, when you walk down the street? It says, when your children shall ask you, you shall tell them that A, B, C, D of this God. Why would God state himself and said, this shall be my name forever and it shall be a memorial to many generations. Look, friends, we have a God who has made himself available and he's committed to and he's disposed to us because he has spoken. If he's not going to be committed, then he wouldn't speak it. And this should be a very powerful persuasion in our hearts. Kevin, thank you. I think I'm talking too much. Thank you. No, no. Uh-uh. It's life coming out of this. Let's look at the chats. <laughs> There's life coming out of this. I'm telling you, people are grabbing hold of faith, Mark. Um, this thing is really hitting our spirit today. I feel it. Even though we may not have comments and things like that, I'm really sensing that this conversation here today is having a connection with people. There's a connection there. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I'm telling you. Oh, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. I'm so glad I'm here. I'm so glad I'm here today. <laughs> All right. Uh, was there anybody else? Anybody else with... Um, uh, a testimony or an affirmation that you want to give. I think it was, who was it? Was it Margaret who had an affirmation? She had something here today. She said, oh my, I'm so blessed. The Bible says we're pressed on every side, but not destroyed. That's right, Margaret. Our God knows what to do in strange situations. Here's is what she says. I'm so convinced that no matter what the situation, my God will definitely come through. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That's it. That's it. Abraham was fully persuaded. And like Mark was saying, we have to find that one thing <laughs> where an altar was built. See, he just described a place where an altar was built, a place of sacrifice, a place where we meet God. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A place we never forget a place where, where doubts were settled, 
where faith was established, where the matter was closed in faith. That's, that's the place. That's the thing we have to, that's why it must be a memorial because it goes, we go back to a place. This is where I met God. This is where he came through. Yes, is this Wilgerson? Yes, this is Telisma Wilgerson from Haiti. Yes, sir, come on. I'm, I'm sorry for being late because I'm very busy. Okay. So anyway, at the moment I'm available now. I'll, I'm we, I, I'm interested in you now. I'm listening to you from Haiti. Beautiful. Did you have a comment? Yes. Yes. Please, please share it. Okay. Will Gerson? Will Gerson, is this? Oui, hello, hello, Pastor. Yes. Yes, this is Pastor Tulisma Will Gerson from Haiti. Yes, sir. Please, you share your comment. Okay. So uh, this afternoon, I'm very happy to hear you because I am very blessed from Haiti now at the moment, I'm very blessed. So anyway, I thank God for that for you because you are very, very blessed me in Haiti now. I'm continuing to hear you. Wonderful, thank you. Thank okay, you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. I'm sending you, I, I, I'm continually sending you. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's great having you on. I think we've seen you on before, and it's good to have you with us again tonight. Okay, okay. Thank you, sir. All right. Okay. Anyone else with a comment on this issue of steadfastness, faith, submission under the hand of the Almighty God, commitment to our faith and commitment to God's word? All right, all right, if there's no one else, I'll, I'll, I'll go on, I'll go on, but I wanted an opportunity to hear from you. I'm going to bring up another instance. I'm gonna end, I'm gonna end with um, this um, issue of enduring, endurance, okay? We have pictures like Job, Abraham, Paul, and the Syrophoenician woman, who I wanna to talk to you about, uh, regarding endurance, all right? So we're gonna look at this issue of endurance. Steadfastness influences, uh, our endurance influences our steadfastness. Okay, in Matthew chapter 15, there is a story of a woman who has a daughter who is ailing. She is sick. She's tormented, I think, of the devil. She's demon possessed. All right. So it says here in Matthew 15, 21, please join me if you can. Reading out of New King James. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. 
please catch this. My daughter is severely demon possessed. She, how, does she, how does she address the Lord? How, how does she address him? She comes to him with this statement. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Now, son of David is what Bartimaeus used in Mark chapter, um, Mark chapter 10, verse number 46. He says, Jesus, thou son of David. So there's nothing wrong with that salutation. Okay, she's in line, very much in order. And here it says in verse 23, but he answered her not a word. Oh my goodness. She comes to him. She says, have mercy on me, O son of David. My daughter is severely demon possessed. But he answered her not a word, verse 23. And his disciples, okay, let me just, okay. And his disciples came and urged him saying, send her away for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Now, I want us to see the four opportunities this woman had to get offended. Number one, verse 23, he answered her not a word. She heard, Jesus heard her, but he answered her not a word. She comes to him with an emergency situation. His response was nothing. So much so she goes to the disciples. And the disciples say to Jesus, not even to her, she's coming after her, send her away. She's crying after us, almost like she's an insect flying around. Like they, they you know, get her away from us. And Jesus does not rebuke them. This is her second opportunity to get offended. Verse 24, but he answered and said, I was sent, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So what Jesus is saying to her in this circumstance, even if I had something, even if I had the ability to do it, which I do, what I have is not for you, it's reserved for someone else. It's the third opportunity for her to get offended. But look at what she comes back with. She came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. She could have she went away when he said nothing. She definitely could have walked away when the disciples were saying, Jesus, get her away from us, please. Send her away. She definitely could have got offended. And, and the third opportunity here where the Lord says, what I have is not for you. It's for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It's for, it's for the house of Israel. It's not even for you. 
and she comes back. You know what her answer was? Instead of offense, worship. Worship. Look at her resilience. Worship. She came and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. Now, hey, this is the fourth time she could have got offended and, and just walked away. But this woman was built with a determination that not even Jesus's silence, the disciples' criticism, Jesus's correction to this woman of who he was sent to. Jesus saying to her, it is not right. It is not equal to give children's bread to the little dogs. And she came back and she said, Lord, you have a good point. But even the dogs desire the crumbs. Look how unoffendable this woman was. She exercised a tenacity and a, and a resilience and a determination. You know why? Because it served her no purpose to get offended. She could have walked away from Jesus and the disciples. And you know what? she still would have had her problem. That's the point. We could get offended, we could become bitter, but we still have our problem. This woman locked her heels in. She dug her heels in the ground and, and basically showed Jesus through her action and resilience, I came to the right place, the right man, and I'm not moving. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. She came back, she said, okay, oh, you wanna go the dog route, Jesus? Okay, all right, we go there, all right. Even the dogs desire the crumbs, so you could still throw me something. And it is that moment that Jesus had enough. And when he responds to her, it isn't even a word. It's an expression. Oh, woman. Oh, woman. Oh, woman. Great is your faith. Let it be done to you as you desire. You have witnessed to, and you have shown me that you are unoffendable. You have shown me that when I, when you have determined that I am your source, you will not leave me. Offense won't, won't cause you to leave. Um, um, uh, derogatory statements and comments won't cause you to leave because you understood that you couldn't go back home to your daughter the same way. So what good is it to get offended when your problem is depending on you to bring deliverance back to it? Sometimes there are people who are on drugs 
and on alcohol and all of these kind of things. And they say things that hurt us. They do things that hurt us. But it's not them. It's their condition. And they're in a desperate situation. They're in a dire situation. And they're acting other than themselves. Can we become a person who absorbs those things and don't take, take it personal for their deliverance, for their healing? Can we continue to stand as an intercessor? Can we continue to make an appeal to Jesus, absorb all of the criticism just so that they can be healed, so they can be saved, so they can have a better quality of life? endurance endurance this kind of endurance is not typical this kind of endurance is not every day it is born from a conviction that puts an end to plan b there is no plan b there is my jesus and i am going down with him all right, I'm going to hear something. I want to hear something from you. I want to hear something from you. I want to hear something from you. Is anybody to have any comments about this? This statement, this, this story here. Let me hear. Let me hear. Let me hear from you. Let me hear from you. We're talking about resilience. We're talking about, yeah, yeah. Not moving, not giving up. Not giving up. Let the storm, not letting the storms move me. That's it, Zarina. That's it. Carolyn, my faith is stirred today. Thank you so much. Claudia, oh my goodness, this is so deep. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, you all. It is time, would you agree? It is time for a different us to show up to the circumstance. Sometimes we have shown up and we've been quiet. Sometimes we've shown up and we've been weak. Sometimes we've shown up and the devil has bullied us. But what if we came back being nourished by the word of God, being reminded of our identity, and we come back and when the enemy comes to our door, he has no idea who is at that door. In each of our lives, you all, there comes a time there comes a time where you have to talk to yourself and command yourself to be strong. There comes a time you may not be able to get to a message. You may not be able to get to a preacher. You may not be able to get to a song, but you have to remind yourself of who your God is and who you are in him. There comes a time. There comes a time. Britta says her faith fought and won. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. You all, I'm telling you, these kind of messages and these types of faith stirring uh, statements are born to install strength into our hearts. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. You know, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. So when we hear that, I don't know what it is that causes us not to feel like we won't be afflicted. 
The scripture says many are the afflictions. That's true, that's facts. But the truth is, the Lord delivers them out of them all, leaving none of them open. He delivers them out of them all. The afflictions are the righteous. The promises he will deliver them out of them all, out of, out of them all. You all, I, I'm, I'm just saying this to say, these stories in the Bible, these testimonies that we share and the convictions, they are born from a knowledge and an experience of God that arm us for the next challenge. Whatever it may be hiding, whenever it shows itself up, our answer is still the same. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns in heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. He's an awesome God. All right. All right. Any, anyone want to make a comment or statement about this? About this, what we're talking about here. This issue of endurance, this issue of endurance, this resilience, this no, not taking no for an answer, this remaining the same, holding on, holding fast to what the Lord Jesus said. Not what the circumstance is saying, not what it looks like, not what my emotions are telling me, not what my body is telling me. Okay, anyone? Anyone? All right. Okay. Okay, we'll continue. So we see this Syrophoenician woman who was unoffendable, and she was able to go beyond. <laughs> <laughs> Mark said, I was sure by now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Kelvin? Yes, uh -huh. um, yeah. yes, please. As you talked, several things are flowing. And um, there's a piece of song by a gentleman called Casting Crowns. And um, the title is Praise You in the Storm. Friends, when I believe that when God begins to speak, to us in this manner, he is preparing our hearts, he's, he's fortifying us emotionally, he's riveting our emotions in a certain way so that when the storms come, we'll be able to stand. So this song just popped up, and let me just read one or two lines. It says, I was sure by now, God, you would have reached down and wipe away and wipe and wipe our tears away, step in and save the day. And once again, I say amen, and it's still raining. So just imagine that picture, the storms are on, and uh, you're expecting a miracle. It is 6 p.m., no miracle, 8 p.m., no miracle, 10 p.m., 12 a.m., and it's almost as if tomorrow is coming and the shame and disgrace will surround you all. That is the kind of thing. And he's praying. He's, he's reaching out. God is not saving the day in a manner in which he would have wanted. But he said, but as the thunder rolls, I barely hear your whisper through the rain. I am with you. And it continues. So he says, um, I will praise you in the storm. I remember when I stumbled in the wind, uh, you heard my cry. You raised me up again. But when my strength is almost gone, how can I carry on if I can find you? But as the thunder rolls, 
I barely hear your whisper through the rain. I am, I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. And so I believe God is speaking to us in a way. I believe God is causing us to be baptized in the Father's confidence. I believe God is causing us to come into a certain consciousness of living. And I pray that this will live with us throughout. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for that song. As it was, um, as I was listening to the lyrics, the, the lyrics that you were, you were calling there, you know, it, it has a certain calibrating component. It, it's a teaching. It's a way we should respond to God. It's looking for him in a particular way. And he doesn't come that way. And he leaves us with his word. Think about it. Everything with God, you all, is about a word. I'm with you. That word has to wrap us like a blanket. I'm with you. It has to wrap us like a blanket. It has to really, I mean, we don't need more after he tells us that. We may want more after he tells us that, but we don't need more after he tells us that because his word is designed to secure us. His word is truth. We need not look for anything else. We need not look for anything else. So I, I love that, Mark. Thank you for sharing that. Um, oh, goodness. Yeah, we're, we're looking for outcomes. We're looking for relief. I, I was reading something here. Uh, we had a comment here. Oh, Unica, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God bless you, Unica. God bless you. So good to have you on. Cassidy. Cassidy says, I must trust in God, not an outcome. That's a very, very, very important thing. Uh, not an outcome, not an outcome. Because we can be depend, we can be um, we can be distracted by outcomes. One thing that I found out about God is that He is a repurposer. If I give God my request, he can repurpose it. I'll give you an example. I was speaking to my sister, Carolyn, who's on the call. I was speaking to my sister at a season in her life, an episode she went through her life, where she did a great deal of fasting and praying and fortifying herself for um, a court battle that she had. And and the court battle did not end as she had fasted, prayed, and believed for it to. And she was extremely disappointed because everything that she had been taught and known, she employed. She employed. What the Lord gave me to share with my sister was that your prayers and your fasting has been repurposed by God to shelter you and to hold you and keep you from the outcome he knew would occur. So while you were praying for victory, he repurposed it and used it for safety. So your prayer was not wasted. It was repurposed into what was needed when you did not get what you desired. So it's important for us not to focus on outcomes. 
I don't, okay, the reason why I have faith is not because what I'm praying for and believing for is going to work. The reason why I have faith is because Hebrews 11 and 6, it pleases God. <laughs> it pleases God. That's why I have faith, because it pleases him. God is sovereign. He may overrule me. He may, you know, not allow the judge to rule in my favor, but I still have to have a relationship with him, even after I'm disappointed. So, so I have faith because it pleases him, not because the outcome was favorable to me. Because God is sovereign and he knows things that we don't. And we have to trust him beyond disappointment, beyond fear, beyond pain. We still have to trust him because if we run out on him and we forsake him, and we give up and we just say, I quit. We still have our problem. That has to be dealt with. Any comments, any questions on this? Any statements to be made? Brenda says, yes, Lord. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That's one thing Brendan and I can say, God is faithful. Many of you all can say it too. God is faithful. He's faithful. Zarina says, yes, everything we go through is worked out for our good and glory. Amen. God's glory. Yes. Indeed it does. Indeed it does. Indeed it does. Well, friends, I think we've reached the end we've reached the end of our time together. I am so grateful for this time and for this moment. There's more, more than I had here. I um, still have more on endurance. Uh, Hebrews 12 and one uh, is one. Wherefore seeing we're also composed about with great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, that's endurance. Patience is endurance, all right? So that is one. And there were other things, uh, enduring persecution, enduring chastening, enduring temptation, enduring grief. I'm not able to get to those uh, right now, but I want us to pray. I want us to pray. I want us to pray that God would fortify us in the next few minutes that we have here. I want us to pray. Uh, Mark, uh, do you have... Uh, any uh, anything you want to say or add or you want to direct us in this part? Kelvin, not 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 much to say, but uh, I think it's just in good direction for us to pray. Um, I believe everybody on this call may be dealing with one thing or the other. And prayer is not just a tool to get something from God, but it's an essential part of who we are and how we live. It is, it is how we breathe, how we, we really get sustained and, and come to the level at which God wants us to again. So Kevin, I'm cool. Please just, just go ahead. And I want to say, let's pray for Kesley, uh, more specifically, 
as you pray, as you lead us, uh, let's pray for Unica and Sherbet as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe God is going to use this to touch every other person. Mm-hmm. Kesley, I don't know if I should say, but Kesley, Kesley, Kesley got a report on the grandson um, that has some medical challenge. Mm. But uh, the things we are hearing, I believe God is speaking to our hearts mm. and he's blasting those rocks of a problem or mountains or whatever it is. So please, what about you say? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Father, we come before you now, Cassidy's grandson. Father, the news, we've talked about J. Iris and the news of his daughter. We've talked about, uh, we've talked about Lazarus and his sisters over his death and the grief that was there. We talked about the Syrophoenician woman. We talked about her and we talked about the four opportunities for her to get offended and she did not. Lord, you met each one of these circumstances and Father, we are coming before you now on behalf of Cassidy's grandson. In the name of Jesus, send your word. Your word declares you sent your word and you healed them all. You sent your word, your word did it and it healed them all. We're sending your word in Cassidy's grandson's direction. Father, we don't know what the circumstances is and we don't even want it to affect our faith. We're believing you. We're believing you. We're believing you. We're trusting you that you are there right now touching that body. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are a mighty healer. Lord, let there be testimonies of what has occurred. We we know that there's nothing too hard from you, nothing too hard for you under any circumstance. So Father, we come before you now, trusting and believing you, sending your word in the name of Jesus, of healing, touching from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, that your breath would breathe upon him, that your healing virtue would permeate his body right now in the name of Jesus. We believe you for it, Father. We trust you for it now. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word that permeates the body. You made him. You know all about him. You know what is out of line and how things need to be brought into divine alignment. Lord, your word rectifies it all. And we speak your word over him right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, we speak your word to Unica, her body, and Charbonne, them as a couple. Father, we come before you now in the name of Jesus to speak life and health and strength and direction into their lives. Lord, you have called them, you have established them. Father, I pray that you would move and touch Unica's body now from the crown of her head to the sole of her feet. Father, move upon Charbonne, her husband, in the name of Jesus, whatever challenges they may be dealing with, whatever circumstances may be going on. Father, we pray that you would calm the sea, calm the winds, the waves, Father, give them a reprieve in this hour in the name of Jesus. Let their souls find a respite in you. Let let their faith come alive. Let it come alive, Lord. Let it come alive in the name of Jesus. We trust you and we believe you and we thank you, Father. Your word is true. We have no hope but you. We have no help but you. And Lord, we're trusting you and we thank you, Father, for being a good father to us. The Bible declares that you open your hands and you satisfy every living thing. That includes us. Thank you, Lord. We have whatever we need. All of our sufficiency is in you. 
You told Abraham, I am your exceeding great reward. We don't have to look to things to reward us. You are our reward. Our reward is you. And we thank you for being our reward today. Lord, look upon our dear brother Mark and his family. Father, look upon him. Continue to strengthen him and build him up in the things of God. Let your grace, oh God, continue to be multiplied to him. Lord, we thank you for finances, for the, for the ventures and the things, oh God, that he has before you. Lord, we believe in you to bring these things to pass. Thank you for the testimonies that you've given him, Lord, and the things that have been shared and, and all of the accounts that have been shared here tonight, Lord, about your goodness. Let our faith draw uh, inspiration from it. Let our faith be strengthened and encouraged tonight, knowing that you are the same God in that season than you are in this season. You're the same God. Lord, we trust you. We believe you. We depend on you. We count upon you. We love you, Heavenly Father. And Lord, we pray that your grace would be upon every family. Send your word to every family. Heal every family. Every circumstance and situation, pressure and, 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 we, and, and sickness and disease and these kind of things that assail us and others in our family. Father, we speak a word of, and we release that word upon your people now that says you are the Lord that heals us. We thank you that healing is the children's bread. And Father, we take portion, we take joy in that today. In Jesus' name, until we meet again, amen and amen. Well, friends, it's, it's great to be able to share this time with you. And again, Mark, we thank you for the opportunity to address this, this beautiful family, this wonderful family, this composition of beautiful people that God has saw fit to meet on this call. And it's uh, just a joy to, to stand with you and to, and to share in these, uh, in these meetings. And so thank you, Mark, so much. And over to you with final words and closing us out. Well, we bless God. And uh, just simply to say, look out for the recording. I'm going to do my best so that it comes out tomorrow because it's worth listening again and again and again. Um, the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing the word of God. But the original translation actually says faith comes by hearing hearing again, no, not the original translation, but the, the Greek expression and interpretation of that, that statement in the Bible is hearing, hearing again, hearing again, again and again, and again and again, and then faith comes by that sort of posture. So we need to get into this. And we, we trust that God will, as Kelvin has prayed, and our hearts are together in this, I believe that there's something miraculous, something about the new normal that has hit our world. And we should go out, go back, being expectant, live in that place. Like Daniel, Meshach, and Abednego, he said, King, um, even if our God will not save us, will not bow down to your idol. May the good Lord be with you or strengthen you. God bless you. So you will find a recording on the podcast channel and then on YouTube. Um, on the podcast channel, if you look for He Breath and Man Became, you will find the previous recordings and others. On YouTube, if you look at Mark Agbeko, you will find the previous recordings and 
this current one and others. God bless you. I want to say I'm done. Have a good night and have a good one. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Good night. God bless you, Pastor Marco. It's a pleasure yes, to me from Haiti to hear you this afternoon. God bless you. God bless you too. God bless you, Brother Mark. Thank you so much for the uh, the form that that you have here. It's such a blessing today. Be well. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you, Curry. Have a good Thank one. You for sharing with me. Have a good one. Thank you. Zelina, have a good one. Have a everyone. Thank you. Guys, I love you guys. You love I got my too. phone call love because I'm in the car. Okay. <laughs> love you. Love you plenty, plenty, plenty. <laughs> yeah, so good to hear you. It was so good. Thank you so much. Praise God. Wonderful. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Kevin, God bless you. God bless you, man. You are just like an unchained fire. I mean, you just <laughs> you just ravage through everything. <laughs> and this is lovely. Praise God. Praise God. Wonderful. Thank you, Pastor Marco, for sharing with me. God bless you. God bless you too, Wilson. God bless okay. you. All right. So we'll catch again. Okay. Soon. Kevin, I'll stay in touch there. Sounds good. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye for now. Too. Bye for now. Bye. Bye.